morning. How is everyone? Yes, yes, everyone struggling a little bit with allergies? Yes, what's going around? <laughs> Everybody can sing just a touch lower during this season. We'll do a few different songs. Lord, change all the keys this season just for the next month, you know, so we can all sing them well. If you guys want to open up your Bibles, we're going to look in Mark today. Mark chapter 10. <clears throat> Mark chapter 10. If uh, we're if you're thinking, oh, we're going to look at the, the New Testament or the gospel lesson that's in this week's reading, <clears throat> you'd be wrong. We are not going to look at that, but we're going to look at just before that. Um, you know, this really is, and I'm sure it is for, for the most of you, one of my it's one of my favorite times of the year in the church where we begin to just go on this journey and, and remind ourselves and really participate in what is happening in Jesus' life. And... Um, we're just going to take a little bit of a look kind of as he's getting ready to walk. Uh, actually, he's beginning his journey to Jerusalem. And it's, it's quite fascinating what begins to happen here in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, we're going to read from 17 onward. One of the first things we read, um, and, and it's one of the things I've underlined it. You guys are looking at me like, wow. It, it is. <laughs> up here is tough. Up here up here is tough. I will testify that up here is not as tough as up there. <laughs> I'm just going to pray and uh, go to lunch. I think it's the best, the best idea. One of the things I've underlined um, over and over in, in all the Gospels, actually, is this, is this phrase that starts in, in chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 17. It says, as Jesus started on his way. If you, if you look... Before that, it says, uh, then he left this place. And later on, it says, while they were on the way. And um, this actually isn't part of my sermon. This is a free one for you guys um, this morning. But I, I felt like somebody might need to hear it. That you know, Jesus was always on his way. But Jesus was never on his way to the point where he couldn't stop and he couldn't leave. And it, I just want you to know um, that that's where you are. That Jesus is always on his way. If you're waiting for him to walk by, if you're needing him to touch you in your life, if you're needing something from him, I just want to let you know, it doesn't matter what's going on, he's always on his way. He always makes time. He always stops. He always meets the needs of those around him. He always teaches. It doesn't matter what is going on. If you read through the whole entire uh, New Testament, uh, the, the Gospels, you'll see time and time again, almost half of what he does, or maybe even more, I don't have the numbers because numbers are hard to see, Speaking numbers, they're just all invisible. He's stopping everywhere. And, but all the time, it's while he's on his way. While he's on his way, he's stopping and ministering. And I just want you to know that if, if you're in, in need of the Lord this morning, he will stop. He will stop whenever he chooses for you. And so that's a freebie for you this morning. And I'm glad you paid in. They, they want you this morning. You can stop off. But he's, he's always there for you. So let's keep reading. If this is uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 17, if you're there. <clears throat> it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him, fell on his knees before him, and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. 
You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. And you should honor your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and he loved him. He said, one thing you lack. Go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, how hard is it for the the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed, and they said to each other, who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. It's really an interesting story um, that that Jesus not a story, it's an interesting account of of what happens here. You know, Jesus actually often talks about money all the time. I I, I know we just think that it's important. This morning, we're not going to talk about money, so don't worry. Don't freak out. We're going to talk something a little more in in, in depth than that. But on his way, this man comes and he runs up to him and he says, he falls down. So he recognizes who is Lord and he says, good teacher. You know, and Jesus being God, um, looks right into the situation, and, and he begins directly, right away just to speak directly to this guy's heart. Because he puts himself right there with the man. Because the, the, the man comes to him and says, good teacher, I enjoy this. I really enjoy this. You know, and, and you see kind of unfold a little bit later, this man thought <coughs> he was good. You know, he thought he had it all together, and he, he thought everything in his life was good. Because Jesus said to him, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, here's what you do. And he began to list the Ten Commandments, or some of the Ten Commandments, not all of them. Tom, honey, do you guys want to hear which ones do we not list? Is that okay? No? Okay, all right. We'll do that often when you guys have to give your speeches. We'll make you list them. But he begins to list the Ten Commandments, and the guy, with all confidence, says, I do them all. You know, the commandments are amazing, too. You know, the Great Commission, where, where God sends us out, it's one of the things when Jesus sends out the disciples and, and, and sends us out and commissions us to go out in Matthew 28, it's one of the things that's foremost on his mind is that we teach people his commandments. These things are good. They're for our, our good. They're for our benefit. They're so that we can have full and everlasting lives. They're so that we can treat our neighbors well, that we can treat God well, we can have great relationships. In John 14, 15, it actually says, this is how I know that you love me is if you obey my commandments. You can show your love for God by obeying his commandments. But what I've come to realize, especially as I read this passage and, and, I, and just in my own life, that there's always something more that God wants. He, he doesn't just want us to obey. He doesn't just want us to, to be able to tick off every single box. He doesn't want us to be able to mark, go down the commandments and say, yep, got that one today, got that one today, got that one today. And that's what he did with this guy. He says, you got to do all these. He said, oh, man, I got them all. Pretty confident guy. I don't know if, if I could say that. I don't think people could say all these things, so I got to do all these things. But he looks at him and says, you lack one thing. He begins to talk to him about his money. Just have all these things. And, and the man became quite sad, and he, he began to walk away. 
And what I realize is often we think that as long as we do the right things and, and we say the right things and we mark off all the boxes that, that we're good to go. But God really wants us to know him. And really what he wants is everything. And here he understood and he knew the man's heart that, that whatever it was about his money, he held tight. Maybe he had fear about not having enough, and so he kept it all. Maybe he had trust issues with, with God making a provision for him. Maybe he was just greedy. I don't know. But God spoke directly to his heart saying, hey, it's not enough just to obey. He says, I want everything. And I began to, to just look at, at my own life and, and began to wonder, what are the things in my life that I hold tight to? You know, there's a lot of things in my life I don't hold very tight to that I'm like, okay, God, yeah, I'm okay with you holding on to these and I'm okay with you dictating these things, but that's not what God wants. He doesn't want just some of it. He doesn't want just a lot of it. He actually wants all of it. It's really interesting if you flip just a couple of chapters over to chapter 12. Chapter 12, it says this in, in chapter 12, verse 41. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in their large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth a few cents each. Calling his disciples, here he is again, he's another chance to, to begin to teach. He says, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty because she put in everything. Not just everything. He says she put in everything, all she had to live on. All she had to live on. You have this rich young ruler who has everything he needs financially. He has all, all the wealth. He has, it says he has a great amount of wealth, but obviously it wasn't enough. And then you have this poor widow who realizes, I don't have much. I might should save this, right? I would be thinking I should save this so I could eat, uh, you know, what my, so I could pay my rent, so I could buy shoes, so whatever it might be. Here she gives everything she has. Not just everything, but everything she has to live on. So it's not like, man, I'm just going to give everything I have in my pocket. I'm going to give this. No, no, she gives everything to live on. It's interesting. The rich young ruler let his bank account get in the way of his pursuit of God. And for me, it's quite interesting that the poor widow, I probably identify with more. I think in that state, I would let that bank account get in the way of me pursuing God. But she didn't. She didn't let her bank account, she didn't let her circumstances, she didn't let her lack of, of, of financial uh, money or financial provision in her life, she didn't let any of that get in the way of pursuing the Lord. Because I think she held on to something so tightly that the rich young ruler didn't, and that was God is my provision. She wasn't trusting the two cents to buy her food. She wasn't trusting the two cents to pay her rent. She wasn't trusting the two cents to get her shoes or to meet all her needs. She was trusting the Lord. She was putting everything she had into that plate and saying, it doesn't really matter because God is my provision. 
you know, it wasn't written then yet, but I think he's holding fast to the Matthew 6 passage where he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat, don't worry about what you're going to drink, don't worry about where you're going to sleep. Doesn't your Father in heaven know you need all of these things? And he will provide for you. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But seek first. That I want to be in that place where, where my whole entire mindset, not just and not just my mindset, but every action is about seeking first the kingdom of God, not about providing for my family. Not about where I stand or, or my status or trying to move forward. It's interesting, in, in this week's passage, uh, the, the Mark 10 passage for the reading, the, the disciples were very concerned about their status. Right after that story of the rich young ruler, they were very, very concerned about their status. They're asking for the right hand and the, and, and the, right, the right hand and left hand seat of God. And then the other disciples are like, Who, why is he asking this? And Jesus takes a minute and he says, it's not about that, it's about the more important things. What he's asking for is that we submit everything in our life to him. We submit all of our finances, we submit all of our statuses, we submit all of our feelings to him. The question that keeps rolling around in my head, and I want to ask for you this morning to, to consider this week and, and, and to really lay it down. What is it that is keeping you from fully pursuing the Lord? We were singing this morning, it's your breath in our lungs, everything in us is from him. And I have this overwhelming sense as we were worshiping that I, that's where I want to be. And I have, have another overwhelming sense that there's many of us that are struggling to let some of those things go. But here's what this passage from the rich young ruler teaches us. If you look with me right at the end, he was talking to them about the, the money. He says, it's impossible, right? It's impossible for a man to enter the kingdom of heaven who is rich. He says, it is impossible with men, but it's possible with God. See, when we hold on to these things, whether it's fear, whether it's, it, it's circumstances in our life, we, we use that as an excuse not to pursue the Lord, whether, you know, it's an attitude or just a, a job or family situation, whatever it might be, we begin to walk into our own problems. We begin to, to figure out, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to walk through this? And, and it says here, that when we walk in our own power, we walk into the same problems. So all the problems that you might be having, all the, the struggles and the fears that you might be having, and I'm talking about the ones that you're holding on to, that you're not willing to submit to God. I'm not talking about life in its own way. I'm talking about that you're unwilling to set aside, you're unwilling to trust him with, you're unwilling to, to give over to him. When we walk that way, we walk automatically into the impossible. Because the opposite is true, isn't it? When we let all those things go, when we turn them over to God, when we say, I, it doesn't matter, I'm going to say yes every time you ask me to move. I'm going to say yes every time you ask me to give. I'm going to say yes no matter what my attitude or what my day's been like, no matter what my circumstances have been like. You begin automatically walking into the impossible with God. Not impossible in my own mind, but with God, the creator of the universe, the one who spoke life into being, the one who molded you, the one who shaped you, the one who, who created you for a reason and for a purpose. As soon as we let that go and we pursue him fully, we begin to automatically walk into the impossible. Sometimes you, you just need to take a, a look at, at your heart and your life and say, am, am I walking in, in the impossible of my own life, the impossible of my own thoughts, the impossible of, of me trying to fix everything? Why not trust him? Why not step into that relationship more and more? Why not when God says, give all your money away, give that away? Why not when he says, move into this and, and change this and go here? Why not? Because everything I read in the Bible says, 
pray that we have the courage, we have the boldness to bring it all to you. Lord, I pray against bringing it all to you. Lord, I pray that if it's fear that's keeping us, that we would turn that to you, that we would bring it to you, that we would lay it at your feet, that we would turn from that fear, that we would walk in the power and authority that you have given us. So I pray for each and every one of us here that that's what we do each and every day. That's what we do morning Let those things go, and we want to trust you.